This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. There's a code I live by. There is? It goes like this. Sometimes the ride can be more exciting than the destination. Oh, yeah. That I wish that like had you. been my yearbook quote. I wish it had been. <laughs> Instead, my quote was, please don't hit me. No. Hey. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm bringing up all this for a reason. The 2024 <laughs> Nissan Pathfinder can take you from muddy jungle paths to rolling sand dunes. But it's not about where you go. Don't you get it? In a Pathfinder, the real excitement comes from getting there. Yeah. It's the journey, man. Chase bigger adventures with Pathfinder. Seven drive modes and available intelligent four-wheel drive. Seven drive modes. That's a lot of drive modes. Well, it's specifically seven, yeah. Yeah. And bring the fun with you with Pathfinder's 6,000 pounds of towing capacity. And I love to tow. 6,000 pounds. What? Visit. I like to tow stuff. But you don't tow anything. Yes, I do. I'm going to buy a boat tomorrow and tow it. <laughs> I'll never put it in the water, but I'll tow it and I'll use it. I'll tow it in my Pathfinder. Hey, visit <laughs> NissanUSA.com to learn more. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Towing capacity varies by configuration. See Nissan Towing Guide and Owner's Manual for additional information. Always secure cargo. You got to secure cargo. Hello, my name is Sir Joel McHale. And I feel I'm a little anxious. Anxious? Well, there's just a lot's going on. Uh, no, oh, about being Conan. Oh, and I feel good about being Conan's friend because we both flunked out of Harvard. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and lose, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are going to be friends. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Uh, we've got a wonderful show today, um, and I'm not guessing. I know it with great certainty, laser-like certainty. Wonderful, wonderful show. Just filling time, babbling, and I shouldn't because I'm surrounded by the best of the best. Matt Gorley, our fearless producer. Hello, Matt. Hi, how are you? I'm good, and of course, uh, filling in uh, for Sonam Obsession, my assistant, David Hopping. Hey, David. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Good. Uh, before we uh, get started, David, I know that you were really into the Free Britney movement. And yes. you're aware that I guess there was some good news, right? You texted it to me, yeah. Yes, I saw... <laughs> Well, I saw the news that uh, I guess Britney's father um, stepped down or something. I think he said he's stepping down like eventually. Okay, but I know that this is a big deal for you. The two things that you love in this <laughs> in this life, right? Ahead of your country um, and your own family is you love Disneyland mm -hmm. and you love Britney. Yeah, that checks out. You've been very passionate in this free Britney movement. And so I saw the story and I 
sent it along to you. And so I broke the news to you. We text about Britney probably too often. You and I. You and I. Yeah, because what I do is I hone in on what interests someone and then I try to keep that going. That's nice. So, um, and also I'm kind of mocking you at the same time, mm-hmm. to be honest. I got a Sona to onesies for the twins that both say free Britney. Yes, <laughs> I saw that. She got, you got Sona uh, onesies that say free Britney. That's hilarious. Because that's how you knew that we cared about it. Because Sona and I at work would constantly be talking about Britney Spears Instagrams and then you would get involved too. So I had to send them to Sona. Is there any way I can get the, a deal? I want to be taken care of and I want my estate managed by somebody. Oh yeah, I'll do it. Would you, you do it? Seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll take it. Just sign right. it over. So what does that mean? Does that mean that- I don't rarely... worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> just, sign, just sign the paper. Just sign okay. the paper. I think it'd be, it would add to the mystery if I wasn't seen very often. Oh, yeah. You know? And people didn't see me that often, but every now and then I'd post like a video of me doing a dance in my yard in a bathing suit and a big hat. <laughs> well, I don't know. Conan... This could be a great uh, new stage of your career. I'm serious. That would be Well, amazing. seriously, I ended the late night show yeah. uh, after 28 years, and we could just announce <laughs> that uh, I'm being taken care of by my podcast producer, Matt Gorley, <laughs> and that you're managing things, right? Yeah. And then I'm rarely seen. And then people would start to hate you, Matt. Oh, and I'd drive around and, you know, the a, free an Aston Martin. Movement. Yeah. Yeah. You should wear a yachting cap and drive around in an Aston Martin. <laughs> Smoking golden cigars. Yeah. And then constantly be crazily tipping with a credit card that says Conan's <laughs> Dough. It says Conan Cash on it. I like this. And I keep you under the stairs and just chained to the wall. <laughs> This is this is actually a different no, kind of dream. A little, that's a little. That's a, no. I think I'm just. I'm perfectly happy, and I. I mm. I'm. I release videos from my yard. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we should do this. This sounds okay. great. I'm excited for this next step for you. Now, yeah. where do you fit into this whole scheme, um, hmm. David? I think you're breaking the stories. Like you're the scoop true crime podcast recorder Ooh. that's got the inside. Dirt. Oh, and you're interpreting things I say. Uh-huh. Like I make a video in the backyard where I'm doing a hula hoop and I'm wearing a a, a speedo and um and I've I'm wearing sungla- weird sunglasses upside down and I'm doing a hula hoop to music like a TikTok and then you interpret what that means. Do I write right? the like captions? That. Yeah, I'm down for that. And you get paid six hundred thousand dollars a day. <laughs> That's great. I this seems this like a great subtle. deal. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's commence this. Uh, and then someone's going to have to start the free Conan campaign. but Or not. Maybe they'll- What if nobody cares? <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> keep Conan behind. Keep, keep Conan under wraps is a big internet meme. We're good with this. <laughs> yeah. This works for everyone. Just the hashtag don't free Conan. Yeah. No Conan works fine for us, says humanity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you mugs, enough screwing around. We've got serious podcasting to do, something no one's ever said. Uh, I am very happy. My guest today is an actor and comedian who hosted The Soup on E! and starred in the NBC series Community, uh, for my money, one of the best sitcoms ever. Uh, now you can see him in the new movie Queen Pin and on the CW series Stargirl, uh, this gentleman is a, is a friend of mine in real life. I'm thrilled he's with us today. A delightful man. Joel McHale, welcome. You're a rarity on this podcast. I kind of know some of the people that I talk to on the podcast. 
You and I hang out a lot. We've had sex. Well, okay. <laughs> My kids are going to love this one. We do. We uh, It wasn't memorable, but we, um, I remember we, uh, you know, I knew you, obviously. You had a, uh, you were on the show uh, back in the day. And um, there's Joe McHale, and I, I like you, and I liked your work. And I'll never forget what happened once my wife and I are with our two babies, little babies, mm. and we are flying back from Seattle because my wife's from Seattle, and I'm way back in the way, way back. You're in the last row. We're in the last row of an Alaskan airline flight from Seattle to Los Angeles, yep. and you and your lovely wife and your babies yeah. are in the row right in front of us. Literally. Literally right in front of us. You were so happy that you were a row in front of me. I we're was. both crammed in the back of uh, this flight, but it was a bonding experience because our children were not having it. They were infants no. and they were shrieking. You were shrieking. I was mad. Yeah, you were mad. <laughs> I mean, what I'm on basic. You should have been furious because you should have. You could have just rented the whole plane out. Uh, yeah, this is a window into how cheap I am. But I and because Conan is taller than me, and the back of the plane, as everyone knows, there's no leg room, and you and there's no headroom either. It's it's where the plane at the back comes to a point. Yeah. So uh, our knees were up in our faces, and the only thing interrupting us was the bathroom door opening and yes. closing every. Yeah few seconds. So we had this this intense experience together, and then- um, The plane went down. The plane went down. A lot of people hurt. No one killed, fortunately. Yeah. Um, you completely lost it and started cannibalizing people who weren't even dead around you. Saying, well, that's how I get my power. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> you were eating flesh and said, we need this to survive. And I said, no, it was a pretty safe landing. And uh, there's an Arby's right over there. No, I, I once I click in, once it happens, I'm eating flesh. Yeah, you just get... I have to wear it and let the flesh <laughs> take me to another place. And... But anyway, after that experience, we started hanging out, and uh, so I have an insight uh, into you, um, which is uh, you're a lot of fun to hang out with. You love, love, love cooking. I do, and, and you make. You'll have us over to your house, my wife and I over to your house, and you will make the most amazing. Meat. Look, when you and Lisa come over, it's, it's Liza. Our... It's, it's Liza. <sighs> uh, when you and Liza come, no, when you, I, I, you're right. I am. Well, I'm a snob about everything, practically. Well, I mean, what I'm wearing now, like I've judged your shirt. Uh, this shirt is mizzen and main. Fantastic. It stretches when I bend. It bends when I stretch. Mizzen and main. Check it out. Oh, so for like your rapid weight gain, it's fine. You don't have to buy another shirt. <sighs> I'm pregnant. You look amazing. <laughs> You're you. glowing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I am a snob. And no, but you are. You, I, I mean, you're very invested in yes in in cooking this this fantastic uh, meat. And then you'll say, "Oh, you've got to try this wine because no one scams the system like Joel McHale." No, and this man, I want everyone to know. This man uh, loves his free stuff. He loves. It's not like I get like monkey shoulder scotch. It's a blended scotch, and it um, is really it goes with everything. It, but right with, I like to watch it on a high sense television and mix it with a Q mixer. Uh, I like to use their light tonic because it doesn't have. It's sixty calories a can, which is barely anything. And it's, really only sixty calories. Yeah, but with all the flavor of any other tonic water. Right, and it's hydra. It's hypercarbonated, so it stays carbonated after you put the ice in. Here's the thing. Whenever. 
never, whenever I've admired a watch of yours, you'll tell me the story that goes behind it. You never just say, oh, this is a nice watch I liked and I went out and I work hard and I make good money and so I bought the watch. You always say, yeah, I found out that if I do this gig in a, uh, at a strip mine, if I can, <laughs> and I can get there by myself, then the company will give me the watch. So that's what I did. I did a show for 15 miners at a strip mine. Yeah. And then uh, I had to make my way back through the yeah. forest. And during the show, the canary died. Yeah. And the I'm canary. like, the, the air is poisoned, but I'm only half done. But I'm I'm going to hang in there yeah. Until, yeah. until I get that watch. But you have, no, you are an enthusiast. And I, I, I find it infectious. I really do. I really, like, I've, I've very much enjoyed hanging out with you guys um, and drinking too much, drinking way too much. I don't feel like you'd ever drink enough. I feel like you're just getting started by the time you leave. And yeah, you've hit a couple of our trees uh, and, the, and the wall, but I feel like we need to make it a three-day thing. I've proposed that actually, that we go someplace safe where we do nothing but eat steak and drink uh, wine. I think the steak is probably worse for you. At this, but I, we, we would both agree our wives are the... Uh, not just the secret weapon, but the lead singers and the yeah. Uh, my wife is very picky who she wants to be around. Oh, is that true? And so she'd be like, "Oh, well, if they come over, that means it's a relaxing evening." Oh, that's good. We made the and, cut. Oh yeah. Oh my lord. Uh, Sarah's great, and Sarah is also from Seattle. Seattle. Oh, yeah, I'm from Seattle, and you're from Seattle, Have and you, Liza's from Seattle, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm. I've. We believe I was conceived in Seattle. You could have been the coolest person had you been raised in Seattle, but instead you're raised somewhere back on the East Coast, which you never talk about. I can't remember where you're from, but uh, that would have been, it would have been pretty cool. Pretty cool. You would have been successful. I'd have been in Pearl Jam if I had uh, grown up in Seattle. You were kind of in Pearl Jam once, right? Yes. For a while, I thought they needed a flute. And you wanted Jethro told them? <laughs> I would stand on one leg and uh, furiously during Jeremy, I would wail on my flute. Right. And then you were tackled by fans or security? Well, by Eddie Vedder first, then fans, then security. I remember when you played with Mr. Vedder, when you did a, you tour, when you- I toured. You tour. uh, but I did not play with him. I did not play. He oh. played and blew the roof- off of the venue in Seattle. I'll never forget Andy Richter being terrified backstage because he said, shit, we have still more show after this. How do we follow that? Because Eddie Vedder just came out and leveled the place. And I, we had to walk out afterwards. I had to walk out afterwards and, and Andy was terrified. And he said, what are you gonna do? And I said, I looked at the rundown and it said, Eddie Vedder performs. And then I looked at the next thing and it was Walker, Texas Ranger Lever which was a bit where I would pull oh, yeah. a lever oh, yeah. and we would show uh, these clips from Walker, Texas Ranger Lever. And I said, Andy, don't worry, look, Walker, Te-. and Andy was like, oh, Walker, Texas Ranger Lever, can, can, if the Beatles all came back to life and reformed and played and sang Hey Jude and, their, and all of their biggest hits, I could still follow and say, ladies and gentlemen, here are some clips from Walker, Texas Ranger. Maybe. And the crowd would say, yay, this is better. Maybe, maybe that's will heal. That, that lever could heal the divisiveness in our country right now. It really could. I love that bit. And we, it was one of my favorite things to do. And then we had to stop doing it. Why? Because, hear me out, 
the actors who were in the clips, it started to, they started to recognize that we were showing these clips of them and they started to demand all the money that you need to pay them in residuals oh, if you Lord. show it. Calm down, so my producer, my producer came to me and he said, oh, you know, Jeff Ross said, we gotta stop doing it. We can't do it anymore because it's gonna cost us millions of dollars. We can't do it. And I said, no, we're gonna keep doing it. And he said, you can't, you can't. This is gonna end up going to trial. And I said, I want it to go to trial. And I said, and he said, what are you talking about? And I said, I want it to go to trial and I want to defend myself. And I want to show the clips to the jury and then say, ladies and gentlemen, that is not acting. (laughs) And that is my my legal (laughs) protection. He was like, you're not going to do that. Forget it. Uh, So it went away. Yeah. I'll never forget that clip. Was it with Macaulay Culkin? Yes. Macaulay Culkin is a little is a little child. Yeah. And Macaulay Culkin's saying, Well, thanks a lot, you know, and they're like, Well, you sure a tough kid. You made it through that crazy adventure we just had. And Walker goes, Yeah, you sure are. And then there's a weird beat, and Macaulay Culkin looks up at them and says, Walker told me I have AIDS. <laughs> Oh, Haley Joel Osment. I'm sorry. Haley Joel Osment. Sorry. I'm Damn sorry, it. Macaulay Culkin. Uh, yeah. No, and, he, I, and so he just said, Walker told me I have AIDS. And it's so jaw-dropping. Your face falls off. It, You're like, this is because it comes out of left field. You don't know what they're talking about. I uh, remember watching it when the show was, ha- when the show ha- and I remember thinking same thing, couldn't believe it. And then I thought, Somehow they've staged this. Like somehow this was part of something. I mean, and you I mean like, that you thought that we manipulated? Right. I was like, how did they do that? No, that's an actual clip. But then the look on your face and Andy's face was so wonderful. It no, was, we would play that. We used to do it on the show and it would always destroy. We would show all these clips and then we made it part of the 2010 tour and there'd be thousands of people packed into the, these large venues. Chanting, uh, he told me I had AIDS. He told me I had AIDS. It was madness. It was absolute madness. Um, I just uh, put into my Instagram story, you and David Bowie, when he was singing to you. Oh, yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. obviously now he has passed, but it and it's pretty remarkable. You have those moments where you're like, there's David Bowie right now singing to you. Oh, I have that. When I look at, and you, I'm sure you have this too, where you look at a clip of something you did with somebody and I'm starstruck and it's 20 years later. And I, I think you've done this really well. And I, I know I've done it, which is stay in awe. Like still to this day, I mean, we, I know there's lots of bad behavior in Hollywood, but when I hear people like, oh, and then she, or he like burst out of the trailer and threw a latte on someone who was like, you call this fucking hot? And I just, that's what I try to go like, if you ever get close to that, I'm just going to hang myself. Because I've seen it with you when you've screamed at your staff. I asked for the coffee to be hot. And I expect the coffee to be hot. Well, but and if the coffee isn't hot, I throw it. So I'm not the, ashamed. You can as out the coffee me. is moving through the air, it becomes way less hot. So that's what I always say. That? By a time, so no wonder it's coming back colder than you want because it, it hits their face. Yeah, cold. Oh, and then I lick it off of them. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, uh, but it's no, it's it's true. Uh, I, I, I think I think you and I both have the same thing, which is. We're really delighted to get to do this. And I'll say this about you, because uh, I know you well. You work really hard. You are an, you have an incredible work ethic. It's a problem. Why I is have, it a problem? But you, Well, I'm a workaholic, and I have, I'm like obsessive-compulsive about it. And if I feel like there's a week off somewhere, I'm like, I'm never going to work again. I still have I, – I, I've never learned as a young – like as a young actor, it was like, all I want to do is work. And I could – and I was – and then finally, when I did start working, I'm like, it's working. And but now I still, I probably need to calm down. But yeah, I, I work. Do you that, feel that way? I think it's not that I'll never work again. But when I was in fifth grade, 
I thought my best years were behind me. I, mean, <laughs> I, I really did. I really, You're I remember right. thinking- I got that playing card right in my spokes, <laughs> right where it should be. The banana seat is clean I remembered when I was about 11 or 12, um, and I come from a big family, everyone in my family, there were six of us, the other five are headed out to go out trick-or-treating. And two, keep in mind, two of them are older than me and they're all putting on their masks and they're gonna go out and trick-or-treat. And I wasn't doing it. And they're like, what's up? And I went, I think that time's over for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like Nixon was president. You know, wow. I don't know what was happening, but I remember having this feeling of those were good times, but that's over now. And I had these old sepia tone photos of me from the previous six years of my life. <laughs> Those were good times when they lasted. Uh, good. Uh, I, see, here's the difference for Halloween. My, I, the second I could go out, I would run. I would run to the homes because my goal was to get all the candy, candy available. Get, right. So I would. I would. I was fifth grade or fourth grade, and my, I would come back at eleven thirty, still knocking on people's homes. And they and my mom and dad were like, where have you been? I was like, I got it all. And that's my <laughs> see, that's there's the, none for anyone else. That's my mentality. Now the yes. other thing that's interesting is that uh you are something I think we could probably have in common is a stupid haircut. Uh, that was cruel. No, because, I insulted myself at the same time. Yeah, you, that's still when you tip over a bucket filled with diarrhea on, onto both of us, I'm still allowed to be mad at you because half the diarrhea went on me. It's, uh, it's That's what you did. It's, it's not all diarrhea. My comedic style is to say, well, I guess I suck. Yours is to say, hey, we both suck, mm -hmm. but you more than I do. And then you say, hey, man, I got myself in there too. That's right. I'm like Mother Teresa. Yeah, no, I I got my hands were dirty as well. <laughs> but your look, your hair looks great. Thank you. It's, and it's not real, but uh, mine's not real. Look at this. We both have Velcro. It looks like I'm in our skulls doing the Peaky Blinders. You know, you look uh, good, and this is getting me to my point that I was going to make, which is that uh, you are a very tall, a powerful man, a well muscled man. Thank you. Uh, you work out constantly. You hear that, everybody? No, no, you are. It's uh, this size. It's a small shirt. So. I got into comedy so I didn't have to work out, and you got into comedy and have been successful at it. And then you work out as if your job is moving pianos. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. I have a new show on A and E called Moving Pianos, by the way. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Harpsichords, organs, really? name it. Anything. So every week it's a different kind of piano. Yeah, and next season will be refrigerators. Okay. I'll watch that. Anyway, so I interrupted you again. No, I was trying to say something uh, interesting and revealing about you. And I can wow. see anyone listening to this knows that you're resisting it. But it's true. when you were a kid, you did not feel good about yourself. You did not feel secure. And I'm drawn to stories of people who kind of remade themselves or built themselves up in whatever way. No, I couldn't read, uh, which is uh, does affect schooling. Right. Uh, and that always was. D is this uh, dyslexia? No, yeah, it was dyslexia, definitely. And I wasn't diagnosed until my older son was diagnosed when the doctor was describing everything and went, yeah, I was wondering which one of you it was because it gets, it gets passed down. Oh, and, uh, okay. And, uh, and now I realize it was kind of a gift, even though it was no fun, because I was like, I think I'm an idiot. And so I was made up for it with jokes. And uh, that's why it took me four hours to get through 20 minutes of jokes for the first soups that we did. Way is that true? Oh. Oh yeah, it took, it got to the point where the crew would complain about me. And uh, I remember this one guy was like, well, you know, it's not like we're going to get this anytime soon, like some segment. And I'm like, thanks very much. 
uh, microphone guy. Uh, thank you. Uh, and it would just take me forever and ever and ever. And that was also due to anxiety. But now, uh, then we started doing the shows live, uh, like years, like 10 years later. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm dyslexic, so I'm going to screw up a lot. And that I kind of had let it go and admitted all that stuff. And, and that really helped. I relate to that just because people make assumptions later on in life. Like, oh, it was always easy for you. Yeah, and not, I think, yeah. well, no, I was not always tall. I was always not this good looking. You know what I'm saying? Well, okay. Oh, God. Anyway, Go no, no, no. That was it. You're uh, All right. No, I'm, I'm going to get work done. But my point is the, I- Okay. You know, the eyes and the, the rosacea was always- <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just all your skin. <laughs> oh, my skin. It's just one solid block of rosacea. It's, they're called freckles. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's a solid block uh, yeah, of freckles. Yeah. All right. So Women, I, women find them very sexy. I'm told. I've never met one that said that, <laughs> but I'm told that some women somewhere find it sexy. My point is that there is something compensatory that happens where we right. we decide, okay, I got to figure out something that I can do that I can contribute. And so I went your route, which is I will try to make people laugh around me. That's going to be the way that I get through this. Yeah. Because for you, it wasn't going to be sports. But you were great at – you all did all – no. Why I, do you do it? Why? I don't know why. I why? I, I, I I've realize done nothing too- but I've done, I've done nothing. And first of all, yes. Do I have a shallow chest? Yes. Am I coordinated? No. Um, What's a shallow chest? I have a convex chest. It doesn't, yours goes out. You have a strong, powerful chest. Mine, when I was younger, actually went in. I could keep little Hummel figurines in there. It was like a, <laughs> it was a little nook. It was a little nook. Here's the secret about in. Conan is that he actually is a good athlete because he can bike up a mountain. And, I am and- good at that, but I'm not good at, uh, the old hand-eye coordination was never my strength. You, on the other hand, did That's- quite well in football. You were quite the footballer, I'm told. Well, I was fine. But wait, I want to go back to what you said, which was, you know how you said, like, well, I got to find a way to make right. myself. That quality is what uh, you have to rub against something to-, to Yeah. So that irritation- was always there, and that uh, is why you know they I, call it the. I think the phrase is the sand in the in the oyster makes the pearl. Like it's an irritant. It's something that oh. I believe in that, and I think you become a beautiful pearl, a beautiful, a muscled pearl. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think that's how pearls are made, though. I think it's magic. Oh yeah, well, dark magic, dark magic, <laughs> evil magic. It's evil. If you eat a pearl, you turn into a demon. So no, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there, California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident, so are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, If you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. (laughs) 
Is your money just sitting around being lazy? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't like Get that. Get a job, money. No, that's not what I oh. meant. But in a way, it is what I meant. Okay. That's a good point, Sona. You have hard-earned cash, and it should always be working towards a better financial future for you. Your money shouldn't be sitting around, you know, watching reruns on TV and eating nachos. It should be working <laughs> for you. Well, guess what? Robinhood pioneered commission-free stock trading over a decade ago. They continue to offer innovative products to help you maximize your money's potential. That's good. You got to have that money working for you, man. Yeah. With over 23 million funded customers, Robinhood is helping people build a better financial future. With Robinhood, it's simple to make investments towards your future goals, whatever those may be. We all have some bucket list items to cross off, and Robinhood has tools to help you pursue them. Investing a small amount now could make a big difference 30 years down the road. That's good. Isn't that a nice thing? Give yourself 30 years from now a gift of what you do now. <laughs> it's nice to be in the driver's seat and have autonomy when making investments, which is easy to do with Robinhood. Take your financial future by the reins. Download the app or visit Robinhood.com to learn more. Investing involves risk and loss principle is possible. Remember that? Other fees may apply. Returns are not guaranteed. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker-dealer. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. Sounds pretty good, huh? Doesn't it, Sona? I, I like that. Yeah, you like it. This means you can earn on what you want, like trying out the new workout class mm. and uh, 2% cash rewards and what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. You're always asking about a foam roller. Yeah, I love to work out. And use a foam roller. And That's the beauty. Foam it up. That's foam it up. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. I don't know where they come up with these things. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Another thing I'll tell people about you is that you have a fascination with knives yeah. and, um, and blades and swords. And for a long time, anytime you would come over to my house, you'd come over to my house at Christmas time. Actually, on Christmas Day, which was, I felt, invasive. Well, you made me wear that costume. You're good at it. And uh, you look so much like Mrs. Claus. And well, you, you were like, over. it's going to be a fun, <laughs> it's going to be a fun dress-up party. <laughs> and he got Ryan Reynolds to be Santa, and yeah. I'm Mrs. Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. He's an A-plus lister. You know well, I mean? he's, he's... He's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. So I, he's, he's going to be... Aviator gin. Yeah. The perfect gin for pilots. All right. Now you're plugging someone else's I don't gin. even, I'm not, yeah. You don't, do you have a gin that you're plugging? I do. Hendrix. Oh, for God's Hendrix sake. Hendrix gin is, I think, one of the most, I think the most well-balanced gin on the planet. You know what gin I like? And I'm not kidding. Mizzen and Maine. It's a gin it, that is flexible. It bends when you bend. Who makes those glasses? These glasses are Mizzen and Maine. <sighs> All right, let's move on. Do you order Mizzen and Maine or do you go to a Mizzen and Maine store? I think once this podcast drops, I'll never have to order anything from Mizzen and Maine again. So what? You're I'm a, also going to get the Aviator Gin, and I'm also getting the Hendrix. Monkey shoulder? So you bring, and listen, with editing, we're going to make this coherent. Uh, and so mm. trust me, this is going to be fantastic. Once You think that Aaron and Adam or whoever they the were? The guy who edits is Matt Gorley, and he's just going to do probably about a 14-hour pass on this. And, okay. And he's going to get this down to a really tight- How come Gorley's not in the room? He heard you were on and wanted no part of it. He was too starstruck? No, no, no. He thought Ryan Reynolds was coming in. Oh, and then you came in and he literally Canadian. walked out the door. Well, I'm half Canadian, but that doesn't- Oh, no. So I do like weapons a lot. Well, so 
Thank you. That was a 45-minute cul-de-sac, but I'll get us back on track. That's what you said in the last time. I know. You're, You're unbelievable. Like 90 You're... miles an hour down this cul-de-sac. <laughs> no one takes you down a blind alley like Joel McHale. Other than Mizzen and Main, uh, which Mizzen they're offering. The Incredible. Hey. Mizzen and Main blind alleys are amazing. My point is this. My point is that you always bring, and I'm not kidding, you brought me a switchblade, which I think is illegal. You brought yep. all kinds of knives uh, uh, and, Bowie knife, and blades, a Bowie knife. You brought me all these. And what happens is every time you come, I go, that's really nice. And then I think, I've got kids. I can't have this around. So I always tuck it into a different part of the house and hide it. What I've realized is because of you, Joel McHale, any place in my house, I can reach to within a foot of where I'm standing and probably behind a bookcase is a saber or a scabbard or one of those knives that goes into your garter belt yeah. <laughs> that stabs yes. somebody. You have- I have an erection right now, just by that description of what you just- You broke did. the table, yeah. And you know, the other thing is you gave me a knife that you press on the side and it comes completely straight. Not like yeah. a switchblade, it doesn't slide out. It comes straight up out of the knife, That's which the... is so dangerous mm -hmm. and so horrible and I love it. And so I keep it next, <laughs> I keep it right next to my toothbrush. And you just uh, can click it. Back and whenever, and, forth. I, and whenever I have to open something, like oh, this thing of Tylenol or whatever, I would have to open something. I pick this thing up and I click it, and out of the body of the knife yep. comes this eight-inch blade. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I use it to open something that I could easily open with my fingernails. That's the OTF or out the front. It's an automatic knife. And I think I gave you an Ultratech knife. And if it ever breaks, don't throw it away. You can take those parts, mail them to them, and they'll just send you a new knife. We have mentioned so many products. Ultratech, Microtech knives? What about Benchmade? They're terrific. And what watches do you like? <laughs> Thanks for asking. Oh, well, I love the IWC, but the Glasuta is one of my favorite. The is that even a real, what's a Glasuta watch? Well, it's never... a German-made watch that- And you said Glasuta? Well, Wouldn't it be Glasuta? Yeah, I guess it's Glasuta. Yeah, it's Glasuta. Uh, well, now- Would you like a Glasuta? It's a little too much, I feel. Would you like to have a Glasuta? Now you're, you're- Would you care to have on your wrist a Glasuta? Why are you, yeah, you're- yeah, it's a, It is time for you to have on Glasuta! It, it sounds like it's a it's like a coerced uh, uh, confession and I'm being screamed at by a German man. Anyway, if you like quality- They're really the, good. Get the Glasuta. They're great. You're unbelievable. You Wonderful. also, you're insane. I need to roll though. Mm. You could probably take 60 of the watches that you have <laughs> and get okay. a Rolex. So you know? a, fourth of the, a fourth of the collection? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, sad. but seriously, I have lots of knives from you and I also have... Uh, I don't know why I got... My dad used to bring that stuff back because we lived in Italy. Thank you. Why would someone little, applaud mm. Italy? I mean, it's yeah, fine. Look at all these guys applauding away. Look at that right there. Um, well, he's doing it now. Okay. Europe. All right. Uh, but my dad had a bunch of that stuff, and I just, for whatever reason, was very attracted to it. And uh, Sarah, on our honeymoon, we went to uh, Rome. Sarah's my wife, and I bought a switchblade because you can buy them there in any knife shop. And mm -hmm. uh, she literally, as I sat in our hotel room clicking this knife mm -hmm. over and over again, she said, like, who have I married? Yeah. Women love that on a honeymoon. <laughs> 
when you buy a deadly weapon and then bring and, it to bed and then br- bring it into the romantic hotel room and play with it. That's fantastic. I don't know what's going to happen. And the good news, my kids don't care. Well, you also, I brought my kids over and this is a couple of years ago. And I think that I want to say they were probably at the time 14 and 12. Mm-hmm. And I bring them, my daughter and my son, and we walk in through the door and immediately bef- as you greeted us and you said, hi, you handed them uh, like a seppuku, yep. so a sword yep. that you would use to disembowel yourself in a yep. Japanese ritual. My house, my rules. Yeah, you handed them <laughs> deadly blades, and we have photos of them running around the house yeah. with had, these like twenty-six inch samurai swords. Samurai swords. They're yeah, they are samurai swords. Yeah, Those you are, didn't think for a second maybe kids shouldn't have these. Well, I feel like they need to learn. Best way to do it. I mean, they need to get used to them. There was a kid, a friend of uh, my. Uh, of Isaac, my younger son, who opened up one of them and grabbed the blade. And the mom was like, hey, can you? And I was like, well, he'll never do that again. And he shouldn't be grabbing the blades. <laughs> you said, <laughs> well, he won't do that again. <laughs> Just like, so don't, yeah. when you have the option to hold on to the blade part of a sword or not, don't right. do it. That's why I put, um, I'm a great, father. I put acid in my pool, my swimming pool. Just because people need to, they'll do it once and then they won't do it again. Wait, you don't want people to swim in your pool? Not if it's filled with acid. No, what kind of acid? Well, it's a hydrochloric acid. Yeah, that's that. That'll burn. Oh yeah, they come out skeletons. Uh, no, we loved having your kids over because they got to run around with the swords, and it looked like a, it looked the Battle of Hastings. Yeah, it was the least um, safe environment I've ever seen children engage in. It'd be really funny if you ran a preschool. Uh, because mm, I'd be so good <laughs> be at that. It's in a bouncy fort with, with motorcycles, samurai swords, drinking wine. You'd give them really good wine when they came right. in, and because, then a samurai sword. Because so many kids, they don't have alcohol before twenty-one, and then they go crazy in, in college or something. And this would be, you know, right? It'd be like France. Yeah. So a nice thing happened for you, and I wanted to talk to you about it. Which is, you do the soup, and then you do this show, community. Mm. We had heard so many nice things about community and we know you and we're f- really good friends with you. And we decided over COVID, let's start with this show and we'll start at the beginning and we'll move our way through. Damn. And we were collectively, all of us, blown away. And I'm not saying this just because you're my friend because I could you know, easily say something else. It's one of the most delightfully intricate creative television shows I've seen. I'm watching it and I'm thinking, how did this ever, ever get on NBC in the first place? The writing is absolutely spectacular. It's like a Swiss watch. It's just so intricate. You, I don't know if you know, well, A, thank you for saying that. And it's very hard for me to sit and listen to compliments because I feel everyone's lying. When we were making it, I all when we read these scripts, we would clap at the end of our Table reads. One of the reasons why it became or it got so like Dan was Dan Harmon, the mm-hmm. genius creator who then created Rick and Morty, uh, the studio and the network. I don't know if I get in trouble, but he wouldn't show them the scripts and he would wait until the last minute to write it. And they didn't have time to do notes because the sets were already being built. So we got away with so much. OK, so it, there's a thing on it that um, you probably saw, but it was the, it was the fake NBC lineup. I don't know if you saw it. I mean, it's it took the direct quote of the president at the time when he was at when he was asked at a press conference. They uh, they were said, "When's Community coming back?" We had we weren't on the 
uh, schedule at that point. He goes, it just depends on what fails. And then <laughs> that is like coming. And so like the whole thing was all these fake shows. And then it said coming this summer or maybe this fall. It depends what fails. And that, <laughs> then he, apparently he was furious. Right. Because he was like, how did you, how how dare you? And then they were like, well, you, it was approved. It got on the air. So yeah. it wasn't. It's one of the better casts I've seen. And there are people in it. And I, I'm loath to like mention individual people because then there's other people I'm not mentioning. But well, Donald's talentless. Donald Glover. Well, yeah. he's proven that. He's done nothing since Community. Yeah, he As is. far as I can tell, I don't read things or listen to things, but- um, He sits around. I don't know what he does. <laughs> no, uh, Danny Pudi is, it's one of the best, it's almost like uh, Leonard Nimoy and Spock, like these, the perfect, they found the perfect person to play this character. And then there's people like Jim Rash where you think- I don't even think that character was supposed to- You're right. Wasn't, I looked at it the first time and I thought, he's just supposed to be an incidental character who barely ever shows up, but he's so good that suddenly- He's- there, he's, at this, he's, he's at the center of all these shows. And then of course, um, the character of Chang. Ken Jeong also talentless. Ken, <laughs> but yeah. But where, I mean, you know, I just feel like- um, If you had said that's gonna, that guy's gonna start off as a- kind of crazy Spanish teacher and then eventually be the head of security and fall in love with a charred mannequin leg. Yeah. I don't think anyone would have seen that trajectory. No. They did it on All in the Family years ago, but oh, you were the first guys to do it again. I didn't. I don't know if you remember this, but the first time it was canceled, yeah. you emailed me mm -hmm. and said such a nice email saying, don't worry, uh, this... Because like, you had you had gone through your whole yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, and obviously that was a that was a supernova, and this was like, oh, the show that's on a date against Big Bang Theory is going away, and you were so cool, like I was devastated, and uh, you were so kind, and so like, don't worry, there's there's gonna be a zillion things you get to do because yep. you're making nice, good quality stuff, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna be okay. But that was, I don't know if you remember Well, that. I have a, I, I, I do. Um, that was very nice of you. Now I, that that's when I tell you I send those emails out every day to everybody. It's <laughs> <laughs> so just a mass Damn. explosion. Yeah. And I'm constantly telling Al Roker, hang in there, you'll be fine. Wow. Um, so the show's been gone for a while, but it's such a stellar cast. And then there's this rumor about there being a movie. Yeah. And um, we've shot it. Is that true? No. Damn it. You had me for a second. Sorry. Do you think it could actually happen? <laughs> well, I, I used to just lie about it. And people are like, is the movie going to happen? I'd be like, yeah, sure. And uh, now it is. So I think the things are in place. People are like, we're game. Uh, and I think uh, we we'll get, we got, well, we don't have the money, but we'll have the money. So I think like, uh, I don't know, a pizza, there's cheese being made. Someone's got flour, there's water over here, this guy's got an oven, and it could all come together or just never come together. But if you needed money, you could have come to me a long time ago. I don't know. I feel like you were underpaid for years, and the way that you spend is pretty 
uh, irresponsible. Yes. I love uh, a theme restaurant. See. I've invested in more theme restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> right. And some of the themes- It's constantly not going, oh yeah, my theme, uh, revisit the depression. It's a- <laughs> Well, that is terrible. Uh, and then one of them was just needles, needles, needles. I thought needles were kind of co- a cool idea. People hate needles for I the know. most part. I know. Uh, and having your blood drawn before you eat is not <laughs> like an appetizing Well, you now you tell me. Now you tell me. And when you reinvested in MC Hammer's career, Career and got his posse together. I went in big. I was like, there's no way you can sustain 150 Mercedes in a row showing up just to, just for, you know, like a movie. You can't pay all those people. I've made mistakes, but I don't regret any of them. Except the Needles restaurant. Uh, let me ask you something. Still open in Van Nuys. <laughs> <laughs> Under new ownership. Um, we do have to tell people that you invited me to go with you to climb Mount Rainier. Yeah. Uh, and You, sh- you could have done it. You said, come with us, and you and your wife, Sarah, are in incredible shape. Liza didn't think about it for a second. <laughs> she, my wife didn't want anything to do with it. I thought about it for a second, but then- uh, Wrap it up. No, no, no. No, I know that would distract you. Get- well, you have a new show called Wrap Up with Conan O'Brien? That is it my discretion. So if I'm having a good time, I keep going. But if I get the rap signal and I rap, that means I really hate the person I'm talking to. Oh. Well, anyway, this has been terrific. It's Wait, been- <laughs> but we haven't talked about Rainier yet. It's, no, uh, no. Um, you invited me to go with you to Mount Rainier, and then you were talking about how we need to train and we need to stay at different levels for a while because there's no oxygen. And I started to think, you know what? I don't know if this is going to work out. And then you did it and it didn't go well. Well, that was the first time. It did not go well. The guy who was taking us up had a and and break with reality. Uh, he had a panic attack. <laughs> the guide. So the guide who was taking you up this dangerous mountain had yeah. a mental breakdown. So panic attack. Yeah. So my brother, like me, goes, "I got a deal on a guide. Uh, I know him, and he'll take us up." And that was when I realized he's one third the cost of the safe yeah, guides that we're trying to That's save terrific. money on That's the great. people. And Jim Rash did come with us. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, as the guy was kind of circling, going, circling, going, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. Jim goes, you do know this is the premise for a horror film. Yeah. And uh, and as the guy was like, "Okay, what are we doing? And then I remember Jim going like, the movie is happening. (laughs) Uh, But the second time we went up, I said, we want all the guides in the world. Easiest way to do it. Uh, Let's do it. And it worked. And so, again, I would like to invite you because I would love to go up again. Once you get up there, you're like, oh, this is very unique. What are my chances of being killed if I climb Mount Rainier with you? Seriously. With me specifically? Yeah. The only way you're going to die is if you accidentally fall on the Bowie knife I'm going to make you carry the entire time. Okay. But there's uh, no crevice that we have to cross where it's like a, a narrow bridge made of ice or anything like that? It depends on the year, but for this company, they only go up the easiest way. And so the people that die on Mount Rainier, for the most part- I don't like the story already, but go ahead. There are people that are skiing down and they will ski into a crevasse or it's someone that is going up an extreme extremely difficult way and then they get into a whiteout situation and they do something they shouldn't so when we went up uh it was you sleep the first night second night burrito night you can eat as many burritos as you can have uh but they take care of you you're not you're not setting up all the tents all right here's my question it's glamping but up you know a fourteen thousand foot mountain you and i climb mount rainier and we it doesn't go well and we get lost at some point. We We're won't get there. lost. I Hold on. Okay. Let's, let me let me lay out the scenario. And the news flash goes out 
uh, Joel McHale, Conan O'Brien lost on Mount Rainier. Your name will be first. It's not. We'll see. You know, it depends on where. How many years from now is this? Okay. You know, you'll still be working, and I'll be. I'll have like a fruit stand somewhere. But anyway, the news flash goes out that we're missing. Do people come looking for us, or do they let us? Leave us alone on the mountain. Well, people don't care. We they'll look for us for like a couple of days, and then eventually, in the spring, with the uh, melt, uh, we'll wind up in a river. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll still be alive. Well, no, no, no. We, <laughs> It'd be great we, if we were gone the whole winter, and then the, the melt came, and you and I walked down in soggy clothes. You're like, what the? <laughs> Just irritated. How did we do it? Yeah. Uh, no, if you fall in a crevasse, that's it. Then that's nothing. you're gone. But do they ever not, find? Do they ever find your body again? Not in a crevasse. Okay. Those are. Uh, but you won't have to there, – there will be a few challenging things where they've put ladders across a crevasse, but you're all roped in. You're doing it one at a time. One other question. I would like to do the version – is there a version of this where I'm carried like on a, on a, on a chair? You know what I mean? It's yeah. something where – I'll pay extra. I'll pay for the privilege, but I'd like to be carried up. Like – uh, C-3PO in Return of the Jedi, he was treated as a god. It's yes! a little- Yes, there you go. I'd like that. It, I know there's not that version of this. Well, and I, for enough money, there is. The fact that you're you just even thinking asked. about it. Okay. I mean, yes, there's a way, but it's going to take a week or two. Yeah. And why would very you, of all people, you're very humble. Why would you do it? I want to be carried up Mount Rainier in a, in a big chair. And I want to be the whole time looking at my iPad with the headset on. And I'll be binge watching Community and I'll be like, oh, I tell you again, this is really good work. God, if you good. if you binge watch Community, then I'll, you'll arrange it. I always say, you know, like when you read that book Into Thin Air, because it's, uh, you know, uh, Everest is a John book. Krakauer. Yeah. Amazing. Every, but he, he always said that if you don't acclimate if you got if if someone were to plop you at the top of Everest, you would you could breathe for about six minutes before you just passed out from lack of oxygen. And I always thought, well, that's an opportunity for tourism right there. Drop people off at the top of Everest, have them pass out, haul them back into the helicopter. You're sleeping. You're at the spa in that that same day. So wow! If you want to invest in that, I'll I, do that. Okay. That and theme restaurants, two very good places to put my money. That's a that, for for to go from mountain climbing. I know we've been talking for it feels like for six, yeah. Well, were you going to say six minutes? I don't think so. Oh shit! What time did we start? Oh look, there's Adam. Adam, tell us how long did we go? Yeah, I think I think I tried to exit. Oh, one eleven. Oh, so we broke the record by one minute. Now listen, that's going to cut down to a really sweet twenty minutes. Fuck. I was going to say, eat that, uh, Ant-Man. Uh, <laughs> Paul Rudd. I wonder who ha- who has the record for going the longest. Shouldn't you know that, Adam? I think it m- might be Springsteen. He got a- he he started listing exits uh, uh, in New Jersey. <laughs> and um, and I remember we were like, well, this what's he doing? And he was just like, there's exit, there's exit eight. <laughs> and, then, and there's exit, then there's exit nine. It has a Dunkin' Donuts. Then when you get to, to Freehold, there's exit 10. And I was like, is the next one 11? And he went, hey, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I'm, I, I'm telling this story here. And I went, okay. And he went, then the next one's exit 11. <laughs> <laughs> I remember he, he listed exits for 40 minutes. But it was pretty engaging, wasn't it? No. What? No. And he was—he had an acoustic guitar. At one point, he's like, "And there's exit 33. 
There's a white castle there. It's right next to a tree. And um, it sounds pretty good. No, I had to hit him with a chair. Fortunately, oh. it was a breakaway chair. And did that get him? Did that did that send him out of his mania? It did. He stopped for a second. He said, "I sincerely apologize." And then he said, "Was I listing exits again?" <laughs> and I say, "I said yes, you were." How's the truck? Uh, I have a Toyota Tacoma. Pickup truck. Hey, that's an ad I should do. Toyota you really should. You like my truck. That's a good I truck. love your truck. And you, as soon as I said that, you became very excited. Yeah. And my voice dropped a lot. Yeah. I went all Alec Baldwin. Yeah. And my penis came out of my body. <laughs> it did. For those, because this is, you it no came out of my this, abdominal it actually wall. shot through. Yeah. It, it shot, shot out. It shot out. It's now detached and it's sticking in the wall like a dart. Um, Remember that song, Detachable Penis by King Missile? No, I don't. All right. Well, listen. I, I know you're trying to find a wrap it up, but this is where- No, I have to make sure that I mention- Oh, This yes. is one of those things. I have to mention that- Stuff I'm doing? Well, yeah. You appear as the superhero Starman on the CW series Star Girl. Yeah. Now, it's uh, there's been one season. This is season two. Mm-hmm. Describe, for anyone who hasn't seen Starman, what's Star the- Star Girl. Well, Star Girl, but Starman. I'm not your character. Yeah. What's the- character that you're most like in say the marvel or dc universe i say like starman i'm like starman okay it's really fun to make yeah, put yeah me i in think being thing. a superhero uh would be fantastic that's yeah. like every kid's dream is to play a superhero i die in the first episode of the first season but you know uh yeah no i it really it really was a dream come true and uh breck bassinger who plays star girl is great and of course luke wilson uh, he's her mentor and then amy smart they're they're great and so it's and jeff johns is a fucking genius and and so i i was just kind of like happy to be there and it was this great wonderful uh, you've sent me do. pictures also from the set where you're you know in the full regalia you're yeah. in the full that must be hard for you uh no no it's no, not no not at all i know that if i look when do i become exhausting is the question I mean, I could look back at- In 2005 when I met you? <laughs> 2007, I think. Was it? When I was really done with you. I came on the show. That's when I first met you, and Heidi Klum was your lead guest. And now, if that was today, you'd be first, and yeah, Heidi Klum would be second. I don't think so. She's and I wouldn't fair. be And I wouldn't be hosting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who would it be? Craig Kilburn? Yeah. <laughs> Pick one of 65 people who would be. <laughs> uh, but now you have- <clears throat> you know, for your character on Community, you needed to be in good shape, but now you need to, you, yeah. you need to be eating massive amounts of steak and pumping iron all the time. There's a lot you of found yeah. You found a job that fits your various illnesses. Yeah. All, my mania is being rewarded. Yes. And, uh, so, and also with those super suits, because they made them two years ago, and they, he was like, all right, well, this is the size you have to remain. So if you're going to squeeze into this thing, otherwise they're spending all this money on super suits, uh, which they're not going to. So I know the kind of like target weight and size I have I'll to I'll tell you this. I don't let people adjust my suits I have to. You're kidding. No. And so during COVID, when I uh, gained weight, like all of us, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, no, you're going to wear those and be uncomfortable until you're not uncomfortable anymore, asshole. That's how punitive I am about wow. my- you didn't, How much weight did you gain? I, I don't know. I could probably gained two pounds. No, no, no. Seriously. Mm- I, okay. I, I'm going to say, I, I mean, look- we, look, listen to us, two grown men talking about how much weight we gained. That's it's, true. My wife is always saying men 
over 40 turn into 15-year-old girls. Yes. Because- I, She is right. And, and, she, I, and yeah. she always says, look, women got this out of the way when they, we were teenagers. And men, we never thought about this stuff. Right. And then we hit 45 or something. We start to go, oh, I can't have that. That'll go right to my hips. That's exactly- And it's, it's what happens. Yeah. But yeah, that not, that's me now. I will not- no, you cannot let the suit out. You cannot let the pants out. And I have a voice inside my head that's like, you happy? You happy to gain that weight, you shit? You happy? <laughs> what if you gained like muscle in your arms or chest? And then you'd be like, well, now I got to adjust it. I got to be a little bit bigger up top. What do you Which, mean if I gained? How could I, how could I put more muscle on right now than what I have? If you focus a bit on arms and chest for the next month, you will notice a big difference. And I'm not kidding. If you were to focus on lifting a little heavier chest, and like incline and arms. I mean, up to like a 25 pound weight for chest. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. Uh, that's, <laughs> I didn't, you will. I use, the, I use these weights that if I use them uh, outside and there's a strong wind, they float away. I'm told that's a bad sign. <laughs> Are, do, do, do your weights look like paper airplanes? They do. Well, they're they paper look, airplanes. Okay. You have a terrible trainer. Yeah, he's really bad. And he's very sickly looking. Um, very weak. Like, like he looks like uh, <laughs> in Tombstone. He looks like Val Kilmer. He's Val Kilmer. He's, My trainer is. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your. He oh. shows up just. Yeah. <laughs> Connor, what are we doing today? I know what we're doing. Uh, we're gonna have a little bit of this medicine. Yeah. Uh, Here your no. paper airplane. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I. Um, You'd see. I'm gonna do it. I don't want to get too jacked, and I think that's a big fear a lot of people have when they see me. Is Conan? Don't get too jacked. You know. Say you lose weight and then your suits are a little baggy. Would you do you take them in, or do you go? I have a little bit to work with here. I'm no, having some cheesecake. I would like the pants to fall off, uh, revealing my uh, my boxer shorts, and then say to people, "That's what happens when you lose weight." You know, that's what I want. That, I want are the hilarious boxer shorts with like uh, you know the big big and with hearts all over them. <laughs> like, oh no, my little kitty. Yeah. Uh, let me make sure I mention all right. that uh, you, people need to check out. Uh, the show Stargirl. It's the CW series. Yeah, and, it's also uh, on the DC app and on Prime and all that. Yeah, I want to make sure I get the word out on that. I want to make sure I get out the word out on all the different products that you love. Um, I Any watches you want to mention? Shooter, it's great. Glaushuta! Okay, stop yelling it. It does. It, I'm going to hurt your cozy deal with Glaushuta <laughs> by <laughs> in, not a invoking deal. a dictator. Okay, all right. It, it's just I like them. Okay. Um, you know, right. I want to give a little shout out to the Squatty Potty. Uh, set it in front of your toilet, and uh, it helps you evacuate your bowels more easily. That squatty potty. Why would? I mean, of all the things you <laughs> you have so much power. I'm in the didn't... I'm in the pocket of big squatty potty. Uh, okay, <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do once you have enough of them for each of your bathrooms? I have hundreds of squatty potties just everywhere. I'm trying to get my dog to use it out in the yard. That's not going to ever If you could happen. get those legs up on that balsa wood. <laughs> Jeez. I had one um, of those for a while. I'm not kidding. Look, let me end on a sincere note. Here we go. Uh, um, you are a very funny fellow. Um, you've done some excellent work. Uh, I really hope there's a community movie because, um, and I'm stingy with my praise of, of television shows, probably more so than I should be, but I think that's, I don't think I've even met Dan Harmon, but I think that's one of the finer uh, crafted 
pieces of work I've seen and you're excellent in it and you should be really proud of that. And that's gonna endure. And you're also a really nice person. You're a really nice person. I love you and your wife and I love hanging with you guys. And uh, I look forward to you making me a 64 pound steak sometime in the near future. Oh yeah. Or you're gonna see the curve of that animal and I'm gonna smoke it for two and a half weeks. Is that the longest you've ever smoked something? Like, uh, you know- uh, Other uh, than in me? college? Okay. Sorry. No, there's no, sorry. there's no audience. So dumb. There's no nice. audience here to applaud. Uh, 24 hours is the longest I've ever smoked it. Okay. It was a Let's brisk, do that. two briskets. Yeah. You had beef ribs last time. I did. Those were fucking good. Yeah. I know I'm complimenting myself. But Conan, it's very, uh, uh, I still to this day, the fact that I'm sitting across from you and I told you on your show that it's the, you're the only show that I ever wrote a letter to going like, I don't know how, I, I hope I can be this funny someday. Well, keep dreaming. Uh, yes. Shit. I but ended on you, it. Like, so the fact that we, <laughs> I'm still, but the fact that we're friends, I just can't, I'm still like, look at this. This is crazy. Yeah. And you're so Fun. abusive usually during dinner, especially after <laughs> your first half cup of sparkling wine. But I don't care. I'm just with you. And it's, it's so no one's, pleasant. I get very abusive on boxed wines. I don't know why, but I do. But uh, well, Joel, Joel McHale, you are- you know who makes a great box wine. Who? Chateau Saint-Michel. Or Saint-Michel. They dropped the Chateau part, which is out of Washington. Well, you'll never go hungry because you are going to be plugging and making money the rest of your life. <laughs> See, you, you say are. that, but I don't believe you. Okay. So. Well, there's the sickness talking. Okay. God bless you, Joel McHale. God bless Conan O'Brien. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me. Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice to protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com/conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com/conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know, I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. <laughs> I was telling people, no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. 
And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com slash Conan. Hey guys, let's talk about human centipede. (laughs) (laughs) No, okay. Basically, let me explain. We were just all having a chat. (laughs) And then somehow we got onto the topic of the movie Human Centipede, and then we quickly stopped and said, let's get this on the podcast. Because if you're going to talk about the Human Centipede movie, make sure that it is recorded. (laughs) Make sure it's recorded and distributed to the masses. Um, I have a very clear memory. First of all, when that movie came out, everyone was saying it's this forbidden movie, and finally they've gone too far. And I was on tour at the time. Do you remember this, Sona? I do because that's when I watched I'm it. I'm gonna well, that's what I'm that's my point. Is that yeah. I'm on a tour bus and I remembered once you finally got somehow a copy of it on your computer. Yeah. I From think, the dark web. In on the dark web. We were streaming. And it. so you went back with uh with Megan Sinclair, yes. photographer for the show, and she you two went back in the bus to this back area and shut the door and watched it. And at one point I came in and looked at your faces and it was as if you had seen a black hole that was uh, devouring the universe. Yes. And you just had this look of awe and horror. And I thought we were going to have to stop the bus at a hospital and have you guys treated for shock. And then later on, I was just had to. So I watched Human Centipede. And then, of course, we started doing um, tons of bits. Uh, we had a Human Centipede menorah yeah. on the show. Uh, <laughs> people <laughs> should know, too, that this film from 2010 is, most people probably do know this, but the centipede is made up of three humans. That's right. The front, the middle, and the rear, and they're all stitched to each other by an evil doctor. Yes. Ass mouth to, mouth to ass. Yeah. Or, yeah, depends on which I like, way you're well, it depends. Some people say mouth to ass. Okay. I prefer ass to mouth. Okay. But it all depends. It's you say tomato, I say tomato. Um, let's call the whole thing off. The original version, actually, of that song, written uh, in the 30s, was you say mouth to ass, I say <laughs> ass to mouth. Let's call the whole thing off. That's what the Gershwins wanted. Um, yeah. I don't think it's the Gershwins. Is it not the Gershwins? I don't think so. I, I thought think. it was the Gershwins. Uh, I'm going to say Cole Porter. Let me check it out. If I'm right, I'm going to feel really good about myself. I'm pretty sure oh, Cole please. Porter wrote ass to mouth, mouth to ass. I can tell you this, that this is absolutely the first time the human centipede and Cole Porter have been referenced in the same conversation. <laughs> Sorry, second time. Okay. I was giving a lecture not long ago on Cole Porter, and I brought up <laughs> human centipede, and the whole crowd knew exactly what I was talking about. Adam said it's the Gershwins. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wow. Good for you. Um, Look at me. Yep. That was good. Wow, it's nice very job. rare that I know something that you don't I, know. I, I, th- well, I thought that was a good guess, and I just thought, I thought it was Cole Porter for some reason. But the point is, it's human centipede. That's right. Back to uh, ass to mouth. Sewing humans Back together. To ass yeah. to mouth, mouth to ass. Um, and the thing that I was always trying to understand about that movie, and I, I did watch the movie, is there's a mad scientist, obviously, because there's always a mad scientist. Yeah. Uh, my guess is uh, his credentials had been pulled at some point when he proposed the whole <laughs> mouth to ass sewing. And, and anyway, he's this mad scientist and he does this. 
And it's never clear why he thinks this is a good idea. It's never clear. Well, There's no purpose for it. And then he acts like this is going to work somehow, but they all, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work. They, it, it doesn't make any sense on any level. And so I left the movie, instead of being titillated and shocked, I left being angry at the bad science. I felt like he had let me that down. That was your issue with the film. My issue with the film is this is, he didn't think this through. Well, maybe it's a way to solve world hunger. No, doesn't, what are you, you talking about? Wow. If, if it worked, if you could ingest someone's feces and then in, and then expel your feces into someone else's mouth, you don't need food. <laughs> We would have figured that out so long ago. We would have figured out. You wow. think that that this guy cracked the? Uh, if someone was like, "Oh my god!" And listen, this conversation is taking a very dark turn. And I understand if you're driving the car right now, you need to pull over and stop it. Yeah. But if ingesting feces was something that worked and was pretty good and had a lot of nutritional value, I think humans would have figured that out year three of human existence. They wouldn't have figured it out. In 2010, when some co-eds stumble into a kooky German professor's yeah. uh, office in the rain, and he just hits on this idea. That, no, it doesn't work. That's my problem with it. Is I, It's the rain. These two women go to this guy's house. He is creepy from the get-go. And they're like, yeah, this looks okay. And they go into his house. <laughs> Wait like, a minute. You're one to talk. What? You had you you took no social cues when you were dating. This is true. I this mean, true. I'm sorry. You just. I know. You would, I would you, have been in that centipede. Yes. Yeah. You, you've many times told me stories about, oh, I met this guy. He seemed really weird. He had a knife. He kept itching his chest. Okay. Uh, he was wearing a shirt that said, I murder. And what'd you do? <laughs> well, we went to a restaurant. Then we hung out at his house in the Bay basement and he what happened well he tried to stab me a couple times but i was like cut it out cut it out what happened then well a week later i called him up and we decided to hang out in an old abandoned mine you did yeah what happened there well, he came at me with a flame like a torch and he tried to burn me and i'm like hey knock it off with the burning i just barely got away what then well i'm gonna see him tomorrow I'm meeting him. <laughs> He's taking me to see Human Centipede. He's taking me to see Human Centipede. Oh, really? In a theater? No, it's his own screening room he built out of human skulls. Oh. Really? What's it projected oh. on? Just giant sheets of human skin. Oh. But I think it'll be okay. That was you when you were single. You're, you know what? I would argue with you, but you're 100% correct. Uh. I went on the four worst dates of my life with the same guy. Yes. I think I've told you this. Yeah. And I think that uh, by the fourth date, I was like, I loathe this person, but I I just, I'm going to just do it anyway. Why? I don't wow. know. I, he was cute, I guess. I don't know. I was so, so do you stupid. think you, you would be open to getting human centipeded then? I don't think I'd be open to it, but I could see myself like I'm I'm judging these ladies who go into this guy's house and he's like, I'm going to drug you and whatever. But I would have probably done that. Yeah. And I think what would have happened is he would have tried to sew you to the other person, something you would have escaped, run through the woods, but then come back the next day. 
oh. to say, hey, do you want to watch this? At uh, least four times. Do you want to watch? <laughs> hey, I've got a DVD. I've got a, I got a DVD that's uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, uh. Escape from Witch Mountain. It's the second one. Oh, Wait, the bigger moral the, quandary, and I always ask my wife, Amanda, this because she's an actor, is what would you guys do if you were given a role in this movie and you're a struggling actor like I'm assuming these actors were? Uh-huh. I mean, and? the problem is... The problem is uh, it's that chance you take. I think it's very hard to recover from that role. Clearly. So I think if Dame Judi Dench (laughs) had been in that movie, if they had made that movie in 1965 and Dame Judi Dench had been in it and she's a magnificent actress, I don't know that she could recover and become a dame and become one of the leading actors in the world. Maybe she could. You know that all her interviews would be, well, anyway, I'm a pleasure to be here. I'm so nice to have my, you know, second Oscar. What a wonderful, uh, yes, we're anywhere. No questions about human centipede. <laughs> Imagine though, if it was Judy Dench, Helen Mirren, and Ian McKellen. Yes, yeah. oh, human centipede. Yeah, they're the three. They were, and it, and yeah. it was, and it was made in 1965, and all of them. <laughs> were in uh, London South End. They were really starving. They needed the work. The Human Centipede came out. So it's it's those three fantastic actors in Human Centipede. And then they all managed to recover their careers and go on to big things. But if you bring it up, they just lose their minds. Yeah. We're not talking about that. <laughs> we're not talking about it. We talk, now, I made this very clear with my publicist. We are not talking about human centipede, but I'm sorry. Was it your ass? Wait, whose jaw was strapped to, it'd be like, was it Dame Judi Dench first, then, and then Ian McKellen? Like the order's important. And then you'd finally get Ian McKellen saying, well, I, you know, was very upset to be second. I think I should have been first. I should have been the first one receiving food. And then my feces should have been passed on, you know, and, and, and he's still ranting and raving about it 40 years later. <laughs> and then the quarantine hit and they finally agreed to a Zoom reunion reread of the script. <laughs> Uh, this is to raise money. Oh, this, I learned the three of them. This it's to raise money for a good cause. You know, to get <laughs> buy more masks and distribute them. And they're like, well, very well. Let's let's do this. Uh, oh, stark and stormy night, is it? Yes, it certainly is. Oh, look. Uh, 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 oh in the rain, it's a German professor's home. Let's just go have a yes, yes. We'll go have a look. Uh, what drugged? Wait a minute, you're sewing my jaw to her ass? <laughs> you monster. I think you can recover if you were the first in the centipede. If yes. you didn't eat any of the shit, then I think that you can recover. Your career is fine after that. So you're saying as an actor, not as a human who's been As an grafted. actor, yeah. As yeah. someone who's been eating shit on television for 28 <laughs> years, uh, I can tell you <laughs> that it's survivable. Okay, you know, (laughs) out there on TV, (laughs) being insulted by the best of them. Oh, God. Yeah. Let's let's wrap this up before we inevitably get to the point where we try to figure out which position the three of us are in in this thing. Oh, Oh, well, that ends it very quickly. That is. All right. Well, onward to better things. But hey, Human Centipede, uh, I think there's some sequels. God knows what's in those, but... uh, Check it out. Wait, why am I promoting what, that? Why are you promoting it? I don't know it? why. Available wherever things are shown. <laughs> what? Made. I don't know. That was terrible. I apologize. <laughs> so bad. Oh. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. 
with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Easily install the ADT self-setup security system at your convenience. This is so good because I can't set up anything. I know, me neither. And they've made it simple. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm terrible. I can't get an electric toothbrush to function properly. Yeah, so easy even Conan O'Brien can do it. That's what they should say from now on. Yeah. No heavy-duty tools are needed. And if you need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. That's cool. That's cool. Plus, yeah. when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC.